0: Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Hello. It's <laughs> going good. How's everybody doing? <laughs> well wow, doing, right? doing good awesome well we have a nice special guest on here today do you want to introduce yourself <laughs> yes
1: i'm hannah i'm the author of autumn's tithe and autumn's trader that comes out in december pretty much my intro i don't know I, <laughs> I i'm on instagram like bookstagram and booktalk and yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me
0: <laughs> that's awesome we love it <laughs> so we ask all of our guests a series of questions before we get started and our first question is what is your favorite standalone
1: <laughs> okay my favorite standalone is the gracier I want her to keep writing it in this series it's not a series but I want her to keep writing like in this universe so bad but that's my favorite standalone right now I don't read a whole lot of standalones because I really like series but that would have to be my that have to be my
0: favorite that is yeah. totally valid. I also was surprised that it was a standalone. When I finished it, I was very, very shocked. Right?
1: I know. And I like, I messaged her on like one of her Instagram posts about it. I was like, please write more. <laughs> and she liked, she liked my message. So I was like, I'm taking that as you're going to write more. <laughs> I, d- I don't
2: think
0: you are, but I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> Holding out hope forever. Yeah.
2: Yes. It's a sign. It's a sign. Yeah. I, yeah. It's definitely one of those things when we ask a lot of people are like, I mostly read series, right? So that leads us into the next question. What is your favorite series?
1: Okay. My favorite series is it's gotta be thrown a glass. Like I know that's so basic, but that is like a comfort series for me. And I started reading those like really early. I think I had to wait for air of fire to come out. So I was, I was reading them back, like way back in the day. I mean, not, that far back but <laughs> that was I think that's still my favorite my favorite series just based off of like comfort vibes that kind of stuff that's fair <laughs> it's a crowd favorite <laughs> yeah. yes it, it truly is I know that's was like I wish I had something more like less basic than
0: that but it's so good so I I, I love it that is awesome. Unfortunately, it's good because everybody loves it. So yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just that's totally fair. So who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Okay, my ultimate book
1: boyfriend is Ash from the Iron Fae series. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but oh my god, that's another one of my favorite series. And he is just he's he's Fae, of course, because every everyone loves the Fae gotta love him. And he's like the main kind of. He starts out as like the evil prince, and then there's like kind of enemy to Uh It's so good. So he's my he's my ultimate book boyfriend. Has been since middle school. I've I've claimed him. Um, he's mine. So
2: I <laughs> would have to we be. We love an. That would have we to love be. an OG book boyfriend. We love yes, just for like sure. Stands the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, since middle so, school. <laughs> yep oh yeah definitely on the flip of that who is your ultimate book girlfriend
1: okay ultimate book girlfriend would have to be Gideon from Gideon the ninth it's weird because I didn't really like Gideon the ninth as a book like overall but I loved Gideon so she's got to be my fave for sure
0: that's a great choice it I tried really to think
1: of like, some outside-the-box once. Yeah. It yeah. That's great. That's great. Because <laughs> I had to go with my shoes, and so just throw a glass. I'm like, nope, you can't use. You can't use TV masks. You know, for,
0: <laughs> for all of them. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. mix <laughs> gotta it up. <laughs> totally fair. That is awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about your debut novel, Spoiler Free?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Autumn's Tide, The Elevator Pitch, is it's about a girl named Larkin who journeys into the fairy realm to rescue her best friend. And she gets tied in a life debt with the prince who killed her. So that's the elevator pitch. And to go more into it, it has like a lot of tropes, like enemies to, I call it light enemies to friends to lovers It has found family, it has rival cousins. So it's pretty, it's pretty young adult tropey. It's 14 plus, so it's not, it doesn't have any spice anything like that yeah it's it's kind of hard to like give the non-spoily version because i always want to like go super into it but that was like the the main elevator pitch that (laughs) that doesn't have anything that would that would ruin it love that
2: so what what made you decide to go ya for your first series and your first book is it just a love for ya or yes Yeah, basically. I love
1: young adult. Um, I've always been a big YA fan. That's just like what the genre I was most familiar with writing. So it made sense or with reading. So that was what made sense the most for writing. I just kind of knew more instinctively like what works, what doesn't work. And adult fantasy is just not that young adult fantasy is easier, but I feel like adult fantasy, there's just so much going on and i kind of i like the snappy pace of young adult and i didn't want to go through like pages and pages like i don't know if you guys have read game of thrones but there's like pages and pages of like information on characters who literally will die on the on the very next page and i'm like i just don't want to like have to have such like a overwhelming task for my first book i think i was just most familiar with young adult and i loved the pacing and just how how snappy it is, and um, so yeah, it it was mainly based off of like that's what I was most familiar with, and I just love it. So
0: yeah, I feel like it makes it easier. Like you can do a lot of really heavy world building, but you don't necessarily need to do a lot of the like spice and romance, which I yeah. think. Like, we all love a good romance plot, but I think sometimes it's really hard to write. Yeah. And, like, I feel like if I was to ever write a book, I would have no romance because I would have no idea how to do that and not be awkward.
1: Yeah. (laughs) my thing with romance, especially because I went indie, was I knew that my main market was going to be my friends and family because that's just, like, kind of how it works in indie. Usually when you're first starting out, like, your main people are your friends, people who know you. And I was like, I'm going to play it safe. I am not going to have Spice because (laughs) there's just no way that I want my friends and family reading that for my very first book. Like, I'll wait until some of them drop off and stop reading my stuff and then I'll, I'll put some Spice in it.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I think there's also a lot of pressure when it comes to adult books to have spice, right? Because there are plenty of adult books that are really, really good that have very minimal spice or it's like, you know, closed door romance, what have you. So I think there's a lot of pressure, especially now with there to be just like intense spice. Right. And it's like, sometimes sometimes people don't want to read that or sometimes you're not in the mood for that. And so yeah, it can, there can be definitely a sense of pressure (laughs) when it comes to the adult side of like the spice aspect of things so yeah that's that's definitely fair also the yeah. whole family thing that's that's definitely that's, <laughs> that's definitely <is> fair, fair. <laughs> I don't, no I will wait like, that's yeah you're like it may be pseudonym like I will do yeah, yeah. this later like <laughs> for sure
0: so where did you find the inspiration to create this fantasy realm and all of your characters
1: so it was Kind of weird. So I, the main reason I started writing Autumn's Tithe was really just to see if I could do it. I didn't like, the story didn't just like come to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to write. Or it, it didn't just like come to me in this big like inspiration thing. I really just wanted to, it didn't just like, I wasn't always a writer or anything like that. But I really just wanted to see if I could do it. And I'd read Akatar and I really, really wanted to write something similar to Agatar, but with kind of a more relatable main character. Like I loved like all the world building of Agatar, all the Fae, but I just really, and I loved Feyre, but I just didn't really connect to her on like a deeper level because I'm like, I'm not out there hunting for my family. I'm not like, you know, it, it was kind of like, I really wanted a fantasy where someone would be like, oh, that's like what I would do if I was in a fantasy world. And I just kind of like the challenge and I wanted to, and I wanted to see if I could do it. So that's like kind of how it all started. And then I really just like fell in love along the way. And I was inspired by a lot of like Irish mythology. I was inspired by a bunch of different series with Faye, especially like the Iron Faye series, Holly Black, Sergey Mass. all of those definitely definitely played a part in just like my love of Faye and then I did more research like to because I obviously was like well I want to like make mine as different as possible and you know but while still fitting in the theme of like people get Faye you know so.
0: That's really cool it's awesome to hear like all the like the authors that inspire you and that we all love the same thing It's so cool. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and that's what I like to tell people is a lot of people are nervous that their idea is an original. And I'm like, no idea is original. Yeah. Anymore. So, you know, it's okay. It's totally fine. Like, as long as you're not like, you know, plagiarizing other authors, like I'm not saying that, <laughs> but no. You, know, like, you can totally draw inspiration and like, you know, from other authors, like that's, that's just a big part of reading and writing in general is just like, you know, and, and people like that, like people, people like having threads of like, oh, like the, they get fae so it's still in the vein of like fairy folklore but just like kind of different versions of that and I think that that's just a really cool part about storytelling in general
0: yeah and I feel like a lot of people love that idea of being like if you love this book read this book yeah yeah it's really easy to draw that inspiration like to draw that comparison and say this is a really great, you know, alternative or what have you, if you've already read this series and that kind of thing. So I think that's perfect. We say that all the time. There are no original ideas anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you had gotten a special edition done in the bookish box. What was that process like for you? And you know, how did you kind of go about doing that?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. So I reached out to them about three months pre-release and I said, Hey, I have this book. I pitched it to them via email and I was like, I have this book. Here's what it's about. Um, let me know if you're interested. And they actually said, so I think that they were, tr- I was trying to get into there because my book was in September and I was trying to get in the September or October box. And they're like, oh, thanks for reaching out. But we've actually already have all of our spaces filled. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I expected it to go away. You know, I was like, whatever. They They were full, couldn't get in. And then they emailed me a couple weeks later, and were like, actually, we had our November box fall through, if you're still interested. And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely am. So working with them was amazing. Like, I barely lifted a finger. Like, I sent it to them. They did the cover, and they were so sweet. They did – like, they – let me be a part of it they were like oh like do you like the cover like do you have any ideas and I was like honestly I love it like you guys did a great job so they pretty much did everything and then I got to go and sign them and that was just like one of the most incredible experiences ever just seeing that many books in one place is insane so I got to go and sign them all and it truly like made my career. So I'm very grateful for, to them. And like, they were the best company to work with and such, such sweet people just in general, like cannot speak their praises enough. It was really great.
0: That's awesome. It is a gorgeous edition. It is oh, so thank pretty. You. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it at a Polycon. I was like, I love this. <laughs>
1: yes, it is so pretty. And like, I love the OG cover, but that special
0: edition cover, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I,
1: Can't, can't beat the gold, the gold foiling. You really can't.
0: Did you get to kind of pick the elements that you wanted in there? Like the custom end pages, dust jacket, all that kind of stuff. Or was that kind of up to
1: them?
0: They, they
1: asked me a lot of stuff and they're like, Hey, like we've read the book. Like we think like leaves and like a knife and like a wolf. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like literally everything they asked me, I was like, yep, that sounds perfect. Because they just, they just got it. Like they'd read it, they knew it. So it, it felt really good just like being in their hands. So I kind of did, but I was more in the background and they would just say, hey, do you like this? And I was like, yeah. Or the the one thing that they did was Larkin is a plus size character. And so they sent me like some sketches of her, and I was like, oh, like I just imagined her like a little bigger and stuff like that. And they were so, so great about just being like, oh, perfect. And then they like made the changes and then that was that. So they they were definitely like taking my input, but I really was on the on the sidelines.
2: They were doing great. <laughs> just, I was just along for the ride, which was so fun. That's awesome. How is that like, you know, I, we always talk to authors, you know, how is it to you know, get your physical book once it's done and like get that copy of it. But what's it like to have that special edition of that and to just be like, okay, this is like the next step or it's like, it's, you know, yeah, things um, are moving in the right direction. And how, what's that like? It was
1: crazy. Like, it was so cool holding the book for the first time and like knowing that it was going to be published. But like, when I went and saw all the special editions, because there was like thousands of copies when I went to go sign them, that was like, the moment for me which is crazy to think about but it was just like it just like I just knew like that was the next step like I don't know how to explain it but it was just like I was like oh man like this is like seriously happening because it it's hard with indie because you do everything yourself and that's it's super great like I love indie I don't think I'd go back but like having them just like take care of everything and like do a really good job and like handle everything was just so nice and it definitely just felt like this is this is the next step in my career and it just felt like it was just I was so so grateful because it felt like I'd I'd put in a lot of hard work and it felt like in that moment it had really paid off when it was like mostly because of them but still I was like oh my gosh like that it just felt so good and like so grateful to them for everything they've done but it was it was really cool seeing the special edition for the first time that is
0: yeah that must be like such a surreal experience too yeah you put in <laughs> so much sure. work to like pitch to them and then it like finally all happens that's awesome yeah because
1: everybody asks that everybody's like like, how did they pick you and stuff? And I was like, I literally just asked. And I think they still have like a submission box so people who, who have books can can submit to them. And they they love working with indies and I just cannot recommend them enough.
0: Really great. It's always great to hear that you had a great experience too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your publishing company. I know you said you did your book indie originally, but what made you decide to kind of bloom it into this traditional style publishing and like, how did you get started?
1: Yeah, so- I started Counterpoise because I wasn't really happy with a lot of the aspects of traditional and self-publishing and I wanted to blend both of them and it's really hard because like I did really like the freedom and control of self-publishing but like I also loved the professionalism of traditional publishing and so I really wanted to like mirror that in my own book, like, I, I never, like, really felt comfortable saying, like, oh, it's it's self-published, but it's not traditionally published, so I didn't really, like, kind of know what to call it, and in the end, like, I do call it indie because that's what it is, but that's, like, what kind of got it started was I wasn't happy with, with either, and I was, like, I really wish there was kind of a mix of both, and then I published Autumn's Tithe, and I loved the publishing process, like, I loved writing, but I think even more than writing, I love publishing. And so that was like what really set me going. And I was like, I really want to publish other people's stuff. Like that's my goal. So yeah, it kind of turned into this thing. There's, there's kind of two branches of it. So there's like the editorial side where people can pay me to like do a first chapter critique or, you know, do a back cover blurb. So that's like separate from my publishing house, which is like people submit their manuscripts to me. And if I decide to publish it, like I will front all the costs for it, like all the editing, cover design, production distribution like i i it's a trad pub house. um it's just small. so that's kind of what got it started was I just really wasn't I wasn't happy with a lot of it, and then I decided to like learn the ropes on my own book, and that was what got it started and I love it so much and I'm so excited to publish other people's stuff. I literally can't wait. So cool. Thank
0: you. <laughs> That's awesome. I I like I follow your TikTok religiously. So <laughs> um, <laughs> for counterpoints, I'm always like, oh my god, what'd she post today? Like, I just love the aesthetic so much, not that I'm ever gonna publish a book, but <laughs> oh I do follow so it religiously. So this episode is sponsored by Audible from Amazon. We all know I'm obsessed with audiobooks. Audible from Amazon is the perfect way to get all of my favorites in one place. Anytime I feel like I need a good cry, I listen to the Audible exclusive version of A House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. When the latest training book comes out and I don't have time to physically read it, I head to Audible. For one low monthly price, you get a select book or two of your choosing to keep forever and you gain access to exclusive Audible members-only content. So if you've ever thought about trying audiobooks, want to be able to listen to your favorites whenever you want, or you're just obsessed with audiobooks like me, then you need to check out Audible by Amazon. Click the link in the show notes for a free trial or head over to www audibletrial.com backslash the bookish banter podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. How did you decide which genres to take on? So that's what's
1: really hard is because like everyone really wants Their book published and I understand, but I'm like, I really want to start out with young adult because that's what I'm most familiar with, especially like YA fantasy, science fiction, speculative, like that kind of stuff, just because those are the genres I read the most. So I feel like I'm the best at like being critical about knowing the genre, the market of those types of books. I definitely want to branch out in the future, but that's how it got started was the same way when I started writing was that's just like the genre that I'm most familiar with. So I think that that's like where, where I want to go for now. And also I just like, I really have a passion for that and I kind of want it to have a niche. Like I want to be known that this is a, you know, small traditional YA publisher, like at least to start out. That's like what I want. Cause I, I also just love YA a lot. And I want to like, just really see that genre grow and evolve
0: yeah be like an advocate for the genre I yes. really like that. yes that's so cool yeah, I was like curious because I saw a lot of people like I said I follow you religiously so I saw a lot of people commenting and, and yeah like that and I was like I, I just was always curious as to like why you kind of decided to pick those but I think that makes a lot of sense and, and it really does make it feel like a more personalized experience because you're an expert in the field that you're you know advocating for? I guess that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that you're an expert in this field and like, you have so much knowledge about all of this. And so I really love that. Like, I think that's really cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So do you have any tips for any authors that are looking to work with you?
1: Yeah. So it kind of depends on what stage of the publishing process they're in and where they, like what direction they want to go. So if they're interested in like traditional publishing, not with me, but they still want like editorial services then I would suggest the editorial side like if they want to take it to agents or other publishers or whatever then I recommend like oh get a first chapter critique with me or if they're like going to self-publish you know do a back cover blurb or you know that kind of stuff so if they're interested in like not submitting to counterpoise as a publisher then And they want to go, you know, trad or indie in another direction, then I recommend outside of the house. But if they want to work with me, they want to publish with me, then I require that they have a finished manuscript. So that's, like, the the main thing that I require, I guess, is they have to have a finished manuscript. And it needs to be, like, as polished as they can make it. Like, it doesn't need to be edited. They don't have to pay for an editor. Like, I will do that and pay for that. But it needs to be, like, as polished as they can. And any other tips, like, they need to have a good query letter. So that's really important. And being professional, it's hard because, like, I love it when people treat me like a friend and they act like they know me. Like, that's amazing. But when it comes to, like, my publishing house, like, I've, I've literally had query letters that were like, hey, here's my book. And I'm like, just read the submission guidelines. Like, it's, <laughs> it's you just, like, you can just fill out the submission guidelines, you know, that kind of thing. So like, and that's what I'd recommend for all businesses is like, just be professional. Like, you know, all all agents and stuff are going to require you to have a finished manuscript. So it's the same with counterpoise, and just have a good hook. Like that's, that's, what's what really stands out to me in the query letter. I get that query letters are difficult. And for those who don't know, a query letter is like a, a pitch of your book, basically where you don't give everything away, but you basically like, try to try to hook publishers or agents or whatever with a little a little blurb pitch thing and i know that query letters are hard i've written them myself and so i'm not really looking at for, for like a perfect query letter but more just like something that has a strong hook where I'm like, I want to read the pages. So those would be my main tips and like for people who want to work with me and that's all on my website, which way to go. Like if they're more interested in like the editorial branch or like the publishing branch, because they're, they're connected, but also like pretty separate. So that's my main,
2: my, my main tips for that. Love that. And how has it been creating this company? How has it been like, you know, I know you said you wanted to combine forces of trad and and indie publishing. And how has that been as far as like learning curve and just building that company from the road? Yeah, it's been really great. Like, honestly,
1: the learning curve has not been too bad. I think it's because I did several internships and just a ton of research and then doing it myself with my own book like major learning curve with that just like writing and getting editors and publishing that so that was kind of like trial by fire like learning through my own stuff so then now I feel like I have a really really great grasp I feel like in my life I'm not a very like intuitive I'm just not very intuitive not very decisive but when it comes to publishing I just feel like I'm on it like I just publishing is the one thing I get and so that's just been really great and just like Building it from the ground up has actually not been that bad. Like this sounds like so technical, but like the building or getting an LLC, like all of that stuff, like that part of the business side, I was still like, yay, it's my business. I love doing it. (laughs) And then TikTok has been, oh my God, like so, so, so helpful just getting that company off the ground and getting my books off the ground. So I'm so grateful. To TikTok, but overall, it's it's been good. It's more been a learning process with my own books, and then taking that knowledge to to other people's eventually.
0: That's so cool. It's crazy the power of social media and yes, yeah, all the things. It's it is done.
1: wild. Yeah,
0: that is really cool. And and I feel like you know you were on a panel at a Polycon talking about you know um, social media and marketing and, and networking and all that kind of stuff. So. I feel like you're definitely an expert at it so that's really cool I'm glad it's worked out for you
1: (laughs) yes it's it's been a long road and I feel like TikTok just really blew up like in a way that I never expected and I owe so much to TikTok and I know (laughs) that and that's where I'm like I thank you TikTok and TikTok people
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's so funny so are there any fun exciting books coming out through the publishing house that you can tell us about
1: yes so okay so oh what can I talk about it's it's hard so I haven't like announced anything yet but I do have two books that I'm looking at right now who I've like sent contracts to so that's really exciting I really 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 want these books like bad
0: so hopefully
1: (laughs) we can like work stuff out and like you know, that'll, that'll go through. And then I'll be able to talk about that more. Nothing like set in stone yet, but it's, it's really taking off. And I get so many queries, which I'm so grateful for. I get a lot of submissions. So I'm sure like, it's just going to like, keep going. And I'm super excited for that. Like, I just can't wait to have that first published book. That's not mine. Like, I love my books. They're my babies. Like I'm, I love publishing them and stuff, but I'm so excited to like have a counterpoise shelf. That's just gonna be so exciting. So I can't really talk about them yet, just because they're like not, it's not set in stone yet with the contract stuff. I wish I could because they are amazing. But I can tell kind of like the genre. One of them is a uh, new adult fantasy, not YA, but still within, I feel like my niche. And then the other one was kind of a curveball and it's adult, like historical fiction fantasy which did never expected to write that like said on my website no nope, I don't really want adult like all this stuff but this one really took me by surprise and I was like no I really want it so that's why I tell people like you know and unless I say like absolutely not like I have a list of genres on counterpoints like unless I'm like no go ahead and query because I'm you know I might fall in love with it and you just never know. But yeah, so I'm really excited about those. And something else that's just like kind of coming through Counterpoise, I guess, which is still mine, is the bookish box is doing a romance anthology. So I'll be a part of that that comes out this winter. So that's that and Traitor are the next books from Counterpoise. For now. <laughs> and then hopefully those other ones will will go through with the contracts and everything.
2: That's awesome. That's do you do for any of the listeners that are curious about these books, do you do any kind of like arc or like reader review type of situations prior to publishing?
1: Yes, I did for Autumn's Tithe. I want to for Trader. We will see if I get my act together in time because I had to already push the deadline back. And that one has just been so taxing on me. So, if anything, it would be e arcs because. It's not that I don't want to do a physical one. I just don't think I'll have time. That one's a little bit of a time crunch. But yeah, whenever I do, I will post about it. So if people are interested, like I will have a Google form closer to when I have the finished book and then people can apply. And that's how I did it with Autumn's Tide. and it worked out really well. And for Counterpoise in general, I think I'll still do it like per book and do a, a form. So like if people are interested in like if I do take one or both of those books like whenever they get closer to release date like I'll have forms for people to apply to those as well so the best way for people to like keep up with that is just follow me on social media or counterpoise on social media because I'll post about it for sure they won't miss it if it does if it does happen
0: awesome that is good to know (laughs) yeah because some
1: people do it differently but I like I like the google form I think that works the best it's easy to just keep track of
0: yeah. Very organized and like condensed and it's, it's less pressure than NetGalley as well. Yes, like yes. we talk about this all the time. It's like stresses oh me out.
1: <laughs> yeah, NetGalley can be mean. Like that's yeah. what the authors think is like NetGalley is known for just being really harsh. Like Goodreads too. is known for just being really harsh. And so
0: we authors are kind of like, we're scared of, of NetGalley and Goodreads, honestly. Totally valid. <laughs> so do you have any advice for your younger self? If you could start over tomorrow
1: oh my god just keep going this is again just like how different I am in my like professional life versus my like personal life but I'm a pretty lazy person I love to just like sit on the couch like watch tv like that kind of thing but when it comes to like my books and my business like I'm I'm pretty go-getter and the thing is like publishing takes so long like I don't think people understand like for the majority of authors it takes years to like even get one book published, let alone get a career off the ground. So if I could start over tomorrow, I would just say like, you've got to keep going, like just keep going. Eventually it'll work out how it's supposed to work out. And you've just got to be persistent because it stuff in the book world just like doesn't happen overnight for anyone like even indies who like blow up and it's their first book like well you have no idea how many books they've written before that is practice or whatever you know like success is very very rarely actually overnight success and so it's just like it's just a long game and just being
2: persistent with it (laughs) yeah that's awesome advice we've talked to some other authors that have said you know it's not something that's that happens right away. Right. And it's like, right. just keep writing. And there's going to be moments where you're just fighting tooth and nail to get there. But yeah, they're saying, you know, a lot of people just finishing the book in the first place, because a lot of people will start, yes. it, but they don't actually finish the book. Right? Yep. So that's like, that's like a big, a big thing that a lot of people have said is, is sometimes the hardest part is just finishing yeah. it. And then that's great advice. So how has this journey been? We've talked about TikTok a little bit earlier and Bookstagram. How has this journey been for you during the pandemic and the rise of book Talk and Bookstagram and the bookish interwebs? And how has that been for you? Yeah, so it, it actually wasn't that much of a change for me because I, I started
1: out on Bookstagram like back in 2016. So that was like, I started Bookstagram before I was even really writing. And I really documented a lot of my writing on my on my bookstagram so I was like pretty pretty in the book world and like I got sent arcs and all of that stuff like I was pretty big into like reviewing and all that stuff and so book talk didn't feel like that much of a jump especially because I used to make YouTube videos and I really liked making videos and so that wasn't like that much of a leap for me but just the power of TikTok was astounding because like I knew that like Bookstagram did have some like sway, like you know, books would kind of blow up on Bookstagram and stuff, but like not to the level that they did on on Book Talk. And that really surprised me. And it was hard at first just like seeing other authors like get picked up by publishers and stuff like that. Like that was kind of difficult for me at first. And then I was like, Oh, that's not the path I want to go anyway. So like you just stay in your own lane. But like, but that was kind of similar. I mean, even to like a bunch of big Booktubers back in the day getting book deals, so it again it wasn't like that that different, but more just the the power of TikTok I think was more than anything on YouTube or or Bookstagram or anything like that. And but it was just really fun. Like the the main reason I started videos was kind of like at the, I mean I know the pandemic isn't over, but kind of the tail end of like I I wasn't making them like in quarantine or anything like that. So I I was kind of like at the tail end of that, but it was just so fun. Like I just really liked making videos and I liked, you know, talking about my book and being on author talk. I consider myself more on author talk than book talk because I don't really talk about that many other books. It was just so fun. And like, that's like, I had more fun just making like a dumb 15 second video than I did, like making a really curated bookstagram post. So yeah, it was just like, Different, but not in kind of a good way, if that makes sense. Like, it was, it was a great, it's a great platform. Like,
0: I, I love it. I think it's been it's it's like been such a rise for authors in general just to be noticed. And then on yes. top of that, I think, you know, obviously they've said this, but it's, you know, catapulted into the book industry and it's crazy to see. And like, it's always nice to hear that you guys are having a good time on there and that yeah. things are really positive for you. And, you know, that you're ha- having fun curating this because we talk about this a lot as well Is like, you know, I think authors get into it and they don't realize like publishing the book is like such a small part. Yeah. Especially with social media now. Like you have to do so much promotion and stuff like that. So yeah, I love to hear that you're like having a great time. You're still enjoying it and all that kind of stuff. It's really good.
1: (laughs) A lot of authors don't like it and that's totally fine, but I feel bad because their publishers are really, are really pushing TikTok. And I'm really lucky that I just I really like it and I think it's fun and it's just worked out really well for me because it's just so funny, like the stuff that people like, like I mean, I'll make stuff just kind of experiment. Like I started making day in the life videos and oh my God, like those just like blew up. Like people loved those. And then, you know, I'll, I'll put a lot of effort into like a, a very like curated promotion or something. And people are like, yeah, no. And I'm like, okay. Like it, it just really shows the power of, of things really are in the hands of readers. And I think publishers really underestimated that. Because publishers like to think like that they are guiding the trends. They will make a book popular because they take out this many ads or they do this much promotion. And I think it shows that like it really is readers who who have the power and who decide what they like. You know, publishing decided you know no more vampires, and Book Talk especially was like um, no we love vampires. We love fae. We love werewolves. Like, and I think that that was just really, really great. And kind of like really showed publishers, okay, you're not, you're doing great things by putting books out there and we appreciate that. But like, it also really is in the hands of readers and they get to decide what they like and trends and all of that. And I think that that's just like
0: really powerful. Yeah. It's crazy to see how much, effect that readers have on the industry now Uh yeah it's so cool (laughs) it's nice as readers I'll say that (laughs) yes yeah it is it is yeah that's so fun so you went to a polycon how was that how was being on a panel what was that like
1: it was amazing oh my gosh it was crazy so I've only ever been to like book festivals as a reader so it was really just insane going as an author like people recognized me which was insane never expected that And so it was just so, so fun and just made me so grateful for everyone. And it was just like, it was a whirlwind. I mean, I was so exhausted, but it was super fun. And the panel, oh my gosh, the panel was amazing. I blacked out. I have no idea what I said. I was so nervous. And I'm I'm not a nervous public speaker, but I was just so nervous being on a panel with like so many big wig authors. I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I even talking about? But it went really well. And I feel like, I did have like a couple things to say that like I actually wanted to say and like we're hopefully were helpful and stuff so it was amazing and that was just a dream to, to be on a panel and especially as an indie author like I do not take that for granted like I do not take that for granted that I was at a book festival at all. Are able to be on a panel because most most indies do not get that opportunity so it was incredible I highly recommend it for authors and readers because it was just a really it was just a fun event I know there were some some problems with the lines and stuff from a from a reader reader perspective um, as an author it was it was amazing
0: that is so cool it I it was it was an experience that's for sure um, yeah but that was the one thing that I you know, everybody that was in attendance that I talked to, you know, like we loved that there were so many indie authors there and it was a really great chance to like spotlight you guys and that everyone was so accessible and we were able to kind of talk to you and all that. And yeah, I went to your panel. It was awesome. It was, it was so Uh, interesting. And yeah, yeah, I I think you did a great job answering all the questions that everyone, I I felt like everybody was really, really excited to see what you had to say, because I feel like you're one of, you're a very active member of social media. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's Hannah!" And I was like, "Yeah, so <laughs> oh, <amazing>. happy." <laughs> so yeah, that was really fun. I'm glad you got to be on it too. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Are you attending any other events this year, or is it early next year?
1: Not that I know of. So I missed the deadline for a Polycon, which was my bad. But I do have an event for Autumn's Trader in December, but that'll be in Oklahoma. But if any any Oklahomans are here i'll be having like a book release party for that and i don't know i i don't think i'll end up going to a polycon i definitely want to in the future but i just it's not because i didn't want to go It's just because i literally missed the deadline and i also think it might be good to just like kind of have a break. I still feel like I'm recovering from a Polycon and it was a while ago. So it was, it was a lot, but I really hope to go to that in the future. Cause that was just a really great event. So nothing planned so far, but I will definitely update, uh, on my socials and newsletter and stuff if that happens because it was so fun, but it's just, it's hard. Like an event, like a Polycon, I was not expecting like anyone to come up to my booth like I thought it was gonna be super awkward like I was really really nervous and so many people did so that was that was amazing so I would love to do an event of that size again for sure but we'll see I don't know. I I would really like to though, because it was super fun.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Was that the first like big event that you had attended, like since like COVID and all of that, or had you been yeah. attending? So how was that? That was
1: wild. So I did, I think I went to the North Texas scene book festival and that was my last big event. That was back in like March or April of this year and that was amazing too it was a lot smaller than a Polycon but yeah this was the big one that I went to since like literally I went to BookCon in New York City it was it was crazy but I felt really safe like everyone was wearing masks and stuff like it felt like a really good they just did a really good job with that many people in one place but yeah it was crazy and just like getting to interact with people who like knew me from TikTok was just so cool like that was Top tier experience for sure.
0: Wild journey. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> that's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about your next book that's coming out in December?
1: Yes, so Autumn's Trader is the second book in the Seven roMs trilogy. So Autumns is the first, and then Trader will come out in December. Trader was so hard. like it was so difficult. every every author says this, and I don't know what it is about a second book. But man, this like when I was writing it, I was like, no, this is easy. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. And oh, my God, I got to the editing stage and I was like, Jesus, this is so hard. Um, so basically, I don't want to say too much because it's like it's very spoilery. But there's to me more points of view, which is I'm super excited for that. And there's just a lot of moving parts in this book, which was really, really fun from like a craft Perspective because I just like really got to play around with like different characters in different places with different motives and like how those all interconnect. But basically, there is a new regent on the throne in book two. And Larkin is dealing with a lot of PTSD from the first book. And so she's trying to, like, figure out her own life, rescue one of her friends again. And then there's a new human character. And she is really big in the Order of the Twins, which is the human religion. And she figures out this big secret about the their religion. And she leaves and she starts building an army in the human towns, and then everything starts to kind of come together for for a big war that's coming. Um, so that's kind of the, the main spiel on that one without, it's so hard to like not, it's hard to not give spoilers for a first book, let alone a second book, like, and try not to spoil everything from the first one. But I am so excited for people to read this one. Like, I'm very proud of Autumn's Tide, but this one, I'm just like, oh my god, this was like my magnum opus. Like, I don't know if that's the word, but like this, this was like <laughs> the, the pinnacle. I made it like, <laughs> I'm super excited about it.
0: This is your Everest. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So besides the book coming out in December, what's kind of next for you on the roster?
1: Yeah. So I have the romance anthology coming out from the bookish box, but that's done on my end. So I'm super excited just to see them put that together. And when that comes out, I think they go on sale in November. So I assume that they come out in December. And so that and Trader are the most imminent, I guess like the the soonest ones coming out. And then I do have some plans for other series. I want to finish the Severed Realms trilogy, obviously. So the the third one will be coming out hopefully next year. And then yeah, I have I have some things on the back burner that I'm really excited about. I'm also in grad school so that has been (laughs) that has been a lot but for grad school we have to have a thesis. And I've kind of been going back and forth if I want my thesis to be the third book, because um, you have to write a book for your thesis. So I'm kind of going back and forth if I want it to be the third book in the Severed Realms trilogy, or if I want it to be a whole different book and just play around with that. So. That's kind of next, like finishing out the trilogy, but then I definitely have some some other stuff on the horizon, which I'm super excited about. And then publishing other people's stuff. I, I consider those like my babies too. It's it's their baby, but like it's also I'm the fun aunt who loves them. And like I'm super excited about, about those books too. So hopefully those will those will be coming soon too. That's awesome. I
2: love that. The fun ant. <laughs> I love that. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Well, I think that's all the questions that we have for you. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was so much fun.
1: Yes, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that, you know, we met and yeah, Yeah. (laughs) this all worked out. This has been so fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So everyone can follow you on Instagram and TikTok and then I will link below your website and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, perfect. That'd be great. Yeah. And my TikTok and Instagram is just at Hannah Parker books. So it's pretty easy. And then, yeah, my websites and stuff will be in the in the links so if anyone anyone interested in publishing or just like if anyone has any questions like you guys can always email me I think people are scared because they're like oh like you get so many emails I really don't get that many emails so it's totally fine like I'm happy to answer any questions you're gonna get a bunch now like yeah <laughs> that's great I love to talk so that's perfect
0: that is awesome well we really appreciate you taking the time <laughs> and thank you guys so much this is so
2: fun you. yeah well thank you for hanging out with us right, thank no you. problem Um. all right all right bye Bye. (laughs) thank you for listening to the bookish banter podcast this week we would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review thank you once again and we'll see you all next week